Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a special episode of This Week in Business. I'm your host, Shrey Sambara, and I'm here with my co-host, Jackie. Today, for our first episode of the year, we're diving into a topic that reveals the staggering profits behind academic shortcuts. That's right, Shreyas. Today, we'll be talking about large corporations such as Treg and Brainly that have been keeping students trapped in their markets. Yeah, we're pulling back the curtain on how these platforms have monetized the quest for easy answers and, and Jack, what, like, what it truly means for the education business. That's right. I think that these companies like Chegg and Brainly have large implications on the educational market. First, we'll be talking about the backgrounds of these two companies. Next, we'll be talking about how they keep and attract students in their markets. And finally, we'll be talking about the detrimental effects on education. Yeah, so starting off, how have they been able to keep and attract other students? To put things in perspective, Chegg, for instance, reported a revenue of over $770 million last year. That's not pocket change, Jack. With the database of over 46 million textbooks and exam problems, it's no question that the business is still expanding. But how is the company so attractive that it continues to keep its subscribers and gain even more? That's right. Last year, Chegg had tripled its stock value. And it's interesting that you mentioned that the Chegg has a database of over 46 million textbooks and exam problems because that means that students are actively using these resources. And it also means that students can rent and buy textbooks through Chegg, which ultimately keeps them stuck in their market. So, yeah, let's just walk through like their business model, right? So essentially like this, you buy solutions for, let's talk about Chegg, right? You buy solutions for tests and quizzes. And if it works, great. You can continue to use Chegg. And on the other hand, if you're using it to get homework problems, your inability to understand the material, however, causes you to rely on Chegg for all the problems you do, creating a horrible habit. That's a really interesting idea, Shreyas. And I think that this kind of reflects a lot of users that use Chegg. And a 2020 study by George Washington University graduates showed that one graduate who wanted to use Chegg in order to learn more and use Chegg as an instructional tool ended up leaving their homework to the last minute and just checking their homework to the last minute. And so what we ultimately see is students are subconsciously tricking their own minds to thinking that Chegg is an instrument for educational improvement, while in reality, they're not really understanding their material. Yeah, man, it's like it's a continuing cycle, right? Let's say that you do bad on your first physics test, right? Your grades like in the hole, you want to make sure you don't want to piss off your parents too much. Your homework is worth a certain chunk of your grade. So instead of doing all the problems and, ha- and like jeopardizing your homework grade, you can simple control C, control V, paste the problem into Google. You see, let's say a Chegg or Course Hero uh, link come up with the exact answer. Bam, you put it in, correct answer, you get 100% of the homework. But as you mentioned, Jack, this is very detrimental in the long run is you're not understanding the material and you'll unfortunately continue to bad on your test after and relying on Chegg to do good on your homework, bad on your test, good on your homework. It's, it's a continuing cycle. And it's has it's having its very detrimental effects on education. But in reality, this is how like a company like Chegg is profiting. And if you look at even another big name in this industry is Course Hero, right? So, Jack, what are your thoughts on, let's say, for example, Course Hero's model? You know, 
just as we mentioned before, I feel like there's huge similarities between Chegg and Course Hero's business model. But something interesting about Course Hero is the fact that it incentivizes people to continue to use its platform. For instance, when you post your own material on Course Hero, the amount of people that use your material profits you. So this essentially allows people to further post their own materials, leading to a forever cycle of more students entering this Course Hero platform. And we can see that they use this as a way to attract students and keep them on their websites. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a YouTube or TikTok model, right? It's like user-generated content. And every time someone downloads your content from Coursera, you're getting paid. And I'll give you an example, right? If I go to Coursera and search for any problem right now, in order to like unlock the problem without paying, I'll have to upload some past study materials of mine. And as like I keep on up, other students keep on doing, it just becomes a very rich and large educational base, but not in the way that's beneficial to students. You know, Shreyas, that comparison that you made between TikTok and Chegg is such a meaningful connection in my opinion because I feel like from my own personal experiences, when I search up solutions to problems on my homework, the first time I do it and I get the solution in a really short amount of period, I end up doing that for my entire homework process. And I think that's really similar to TikTok where once you see that first video, it captures your attention and eventually causes you to spend hours and hours on TikTok. And I think that there's large parallels between Chegg and TikTok. Yep, exactly, Jack. We're witnessing a fundamental shift in how students seek help with their studies. The on-demand nature of these services is truly changing the game. Yeah, and I also want to point out the fact that these large platforms have been getting almost out of hand. And we can see that in the University of North Carolina State, lecturer Tyler Johnson caught 200 students using Chegg on his final exam. I think that the level of how much Chegg and Brainly has expanded has been influencing students not only in high school, but also on the university level. And it's really capturing a large span of students. Yeah, and it's like, to what extent are you going to go to stay in your little comfort or convenience zone, right? Like, to us, like, studying really hard and understand the material tends to make us go out of our comfort zone. And just to stay in your comfort zone, we're searching it up. But in reality, if you look at the long-term effects, we're really, like, put a detrimenting ourselves every time we search an answer up. And we're filling the we're filling the pockets of these corporations, such as Chegg, Corsair, as I mentioned, a $770 million dollar valuation that's like a new like gen ai tech startup and it's not just about convenience it's about the perception of value students are willing to pay premium for instant access to solution yeah that's right Shreyas. but i kind of wanted to end off our conversation with the idea of the stigma around chegg and i know that you've mentioned the fact that many students are investing in premium but do you think that students are open about the fact that they're using premium or investing in Chegg, is there a sort of stigma around high school students or university students behind Chegg? Yeah, Jack, I mean, I think that's I think that's a great question. If you look at the interview Chegg CEO in uh, Forbes, their quote-unquote intended business model is just providing educational supplements, right? Their intended model is that, oh, um, Mark uh, does a physics problem and gets an answer. He wants to check his answer before submitting it. Complete makes a Chegg search. Or, hey, I've, uh, I'm taking an AP computer science course outside and oh, I need to buy a textbook. I see Chegg, I see Chegg and I can buy it. I mean, that's their attendant business model. But in the age of convenience, we're constantly redefining education and online learning, especially with the onset of the pandemic. I don't think these uh, sites are being used for what they're actually like supposed to be used for. Yeah, that's right. And according to Forbes, as you mentioned, the 52 students that they interviewed who use Chegg 
only four admitted that they actually use Chegg to cheat. And I think that this kind of wraps around the idea that students are tricking their own selves into thinking that using Chegg is actually benefiting them. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure like companies like Chegg, Corsair, they know about this and it just raises ethical concerns regarding the commodification of education. These companies have demonstrated remarkable business acumen in identifying and capitalizing on it, but it also underscores the need for educators and institutions to adapt and provide more comprehensive support because the core of the problem is that, Chegg, why are people going to search up answers to problems in the first place? Because the support system that we currently have in which we're doing so many homework assignments per day we're constantly jamming tests on a weekly basis leaves really no time to breathe but if the other side of the coin is we're signing up for these ap honors classes so where does that put us jack you know the point that you mentioned is really interesting with the fact that students are signing up for an unprecedented amount of APs and honors and we're ultimately burdening them with stress. And I think that the fact that Chegg offers so many resources like online tutoring, internship and job opportunities, data-driven insights and textbook rentals ultimately show that students are trying to invest more into these resources with the amount of APs and honor courses that they're taking. They're trying to get more resources. Yeah, that's a crucial point, Jack. I think the traditional educational model is consistently being challenged and it's time for it to evolve. I mean, both from an administration, from a student standpoint, and even we need to learn how to use online resources to our benefit in which we both internalize information and are able to demonstrate on an actual test so students escape the cycle of constantly searching up solutions and doing worse on tests. And I think it'll just be interesting to see in the next five, 10 years, how our education model evolves and how a new sort of support system is created that it involves cutting edge online technology. That's right, Trace. And I kind of want to end it off on a note to all of our listeners that if you know anyone using Chegg or if you personally use Chegg, take a time to reflect on what you've gotten out of Chegg and think about how you've been reliant on that resource for such a long period of time. Anyway, guys, that's the wrap for our first episode of the year for This Week in Business. Stay tuned for our further updates. And signing off, I'm Shrey Sambara. And I'm Jack Key. Thank you and have a great day.